two, one. And welcome to episode 27 of Stadium Connect North. Uh, today we are having some very special guests. Uh, we are doing an interview with uh, the Lumo devs. Uh, first of all, I would just like to apologize for the, uh, the delay. Uh, we had a slight problem with uh, with the scheduling uh, for our interview. Yeah, just a slight. Yeah, I, 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 made, I made a big mistake and got time zones mixed up. So I apologize, everybody. I especially apologize to Kyle and Michelle, um, who we'll be talking to here from Luminos and Game. So I really appreciate uh, them being able to uh, adjust and still come on the show here for to talk to us and uh, the Stadia community. Exactly. So uh, today, as ourselves, as interviewers, we got myself, John, and MM2K. How are you doing, guys? Good. Good. Happy, Excited, happy man. to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's going to be very fun. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, bring uh, the most special people uh, in today's video. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got Mrs. Uh, Michelle and Mr. Kyle. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Hey, how's it going? I don't know about the most special. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the bestesses, right? The yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my French way to say, <laughs> to say that. We're very excited. I can see that it's still daylight uh, where you guys live, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it's pretty dark. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh man. But uh, no, thank you so much, you guys, for for coming in. Uh, we are pretty excited about the game. Uh, the first time I've heard uh, about it, uh, Wired Production, uh, got me excited because this is absolutely the type of game that I, that, you know, that I want to play. You know, so um, uh, as a first question, you know, like we'd love to know how Luminosum uh, Games uh, came to fruition. You know, like how did it start? How did you guys uh, started this uh, as a company? So, uh, on my 30th birthday, <laughs> I, I was working at United, uh, United Front Games. Sorry, there's like a little bit of a delay in the monitor. I was working at United Front, United Front Games. We finished Sleeping Dogs, and we were just working a bunch of stuff. And I decided I was going to quit, forget AAA, go on Indie, <laughs> and... Uh, 
basically Michelle and I were like walking around in Whistler trying to come up with names for indie studios and that's kind of how it all started we were like Lumen Awesome we like glow in the dark things and we say <laughs> awesome a lot <laughs> Uh, let's well, make a game company. Really deep <laughs> stuff here, guys. Like, yeah, yeah, I can see. Oh, I see. I see. Yes, yes. I can. I can understand this very deep. Uh, yeah, and we. I guess one thing that always stuck with all the other prototypes and stuff we worked on was this idea of bioluminescence and stuff, just as sort of an art direction, a, a visual theme. Something that we always thought was really cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that was kind of it. We didn't set out with any other objectives other than not. I didn't <laughs> want to work in AAA anymore. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, Sleeping Dog is one of my uh, spouse's oh, favorite games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she she bought the game three times, I, I think, like oh, wow. so far. Yeah, she, she really likes it. She bought the definitive edition. She, she bought them all. Nice. Um, so... So from what I under, uh, from what I under, uh, from what I understand, you guys are both co-founders, um, but you have other people in your team. So how many of you guys are, and you know, like what are what is everyone's role? There is four of us, mm -hmm. plus our buddy Warren, who he's kind of like our Mr. Wolf. Yeah, we sure. we tricked him into helping us uh, do all the consoles. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's. Yeah, uh, it was like Kyle and I, and then we tricked our friend Aaron, who he's like one of our best friends. We we're like, oh yeah, here's this like prototype we're doing. What do you think? He's like, oh, maybe I'll like join. So he was the first friend we Free. kind of joked in. <laughs> and then uh, he was doing like all the engine coding stuff with Kyle. And then we were like, oh, we need some audio. And Aaron's like, oh, I have like a friend from back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, which is Paul Ruske. Uh, and so we met up with him and we talked about the game and just sort of had really similar ideas of how audio and sound should be in it. And so we're like, as with all indie games, <laughs> we have zero funding to start. So it's just like, yeah, <laughs> you'll totally get some like percentage of it. It'll be great. We can all put in work. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start a band. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well, yeah. Forget yeah. The, the indie scene now, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But um, I've been watching your uh, developer uh, vlogs that you've got posted on the on Wired Production. and. Oh, uh, yeah. Just to tell the chat, like I really recommend these. Uh, it, they're really informative, and it's really nice to see, you know, the adventure that you guys got through for for, for creating this game. So uh, I highly recommend it to uh, to the chat to see that. Thanks. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, let's jump into the game. So, can you guys tell us a little bit about the game? You know, what's the story about uh, 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 around Lumo? Uh, what type of game it is? What's the objective? You know, what's the genre and everything? Do you want to do it? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Because of COVID, we had this so rehearsed pre-COVID. Yeah, right? yeah, I knew it. Going to packs and everything. Now, yeah. Like every time. It's all relaxed now, right? Yeah, like, okay. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> elevator pitch, go. I, I'm okay. not going to do the elevator oh, pitch. Okay. I forget. Yeah. Lumo, I'm just going to say what it is. Lumo is a puzzle, is a 3D puzzle platformer. And uh, it takes place in this is big, crazy almost like an open world like the whole game is there 
and you're on this quest to overthrow the master mode. And you do that by taking possession of these different creatures and uh, sort of manipulating them to solve puzzles and progress. How's that? Pretty good. The <laughs> <laughs> main character you play, a little squishy, squishy loom out. Loom out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you you have one hiding there? Oh. <laughs> Ooh, kind of surprised. Oh, there you go. Oh. Nice. So, I've always been curious who who made these. Did, did you guys crochet them yourself? Yeah, Michelle crocheted all of them. I made <laughs> wow. a few uh, spots. Uh, but yeah, Michelle designed the pattern. Wow. And the pattern's actually on our, on our website. Yeah, so and everybody can make a, uh, a little, little crochet loom out. Yeah. So uh, uh, speaking of that, as a matter of fact, um, <laughs> in our Discord there, we've got a lot of fans of Lumote. And we were talking about it, and we, we saw the Lumote, the crochet, the plushies around. We're like, oh, I wonder if we could buy them. How could we do it? And we stumbled across the crochet pattern uh, that you have on the site there. And we have one particular uh, person in... <laughs> It, it on, on the chat here, Rebelica. She's been going crazy yeah, with nuts. crocheting these, <laughs> uh, her lumotes yeah. here. And she's already come up with these here, which are, are totally awesome. Oh my gosh. And we're all like in, in Discord. We're like, oh my gosh, like, can you sell these? We'll buy them <laughs> off you. We want them so yeah. bad. You know, it's just like a little piece of the game. Meanwhile, you know, the game hasn't come out. Sure, you know, that we could play the demo and stuff like that, but we're already so invested in. Uh, these Lumotes and the stuff that yeah. Rebelica ha has been uh, crocheting here over the last couple of weeks. But, and I know but, she's coming to your Discord as well. And yeah. she's been asking for tips and questions and stuff like that. And she said, she goes, John and Ninja, we've, I've, I've, I'm working on these. I'll send you some updated pictures here for so that you could show <laughs> on the interview. And yeah. sure enough, this morning she sent over these pictures here. And it was yeah. so awesome. And, and every time we see it. And it's you know, good, good thinking of her too is that you know, Lumo, since it's like in, in the luminescence thing, like like it's cool. Oh and my she god! Went ahead oh, and I didn't see that one. She got the glue in the dark rule, so she, yeah, it's very cool. That's amazing. I know, yeah, I, I know she had mentioned that she was going to grab the glow in the dark wool, but I hadn't actually yeah. seen them glowing yet. That's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. very Lumo type, you know. Like she, she was, she. It was really good thinking of her for sure. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Yeah, but that um, was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, when you guys like, like you know, I was really interested in Lumo, but when in the dev blog, when you guys talk about the open world aspect, how you can just look up and see all of your progress and look down mm -hmm. and see all of what you're missing. I find this so cool. I like, I feel like I've never seen this before. And, and I know that you guys like to say it. And I think it's a good thing to brag about because it just, I don't know. I really like the visual of, of how you guys thought about that. So, uh, and, and we'll be talking about the engine also, uh, later on because, because we're really curious to see, you know, how it all works. But, uh, before, uh, we go with that, I just have some more question here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So something that we were curious about is, uh, how long do you guys think that the game takes to complete just on a regular playthrough? First playthroughs were like four or five hours. Uh, like the regular a time or like the fastest time? No, like first oh. playthrough. <laughs> we've never played the game before. Yeah. Like, 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
like, you know how to like, move like, a camera and do the thing, but I think like, was, like a I casual, casual yeah, player. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then for, so, so I, we had actually already released Lumo just before COVID. Oh, like, literally true. February 20th, 2020. Mm -hmm. wow. uh, and, and it was after that we partnered with Wired. They were like, oh, hey, you guys have a really cool oh. game. Oh. Uh, do you want to work with us? And so that was when it was pulled off Steam. Um, when we re-release now, we're going to have an extra 15 puzzles Michelle did. Um, Holy mackerel. So there was wow. like the original 50 or so, and then 15 new ones in like kind of a new world. That'll make sense when you when you play it the way the, the way the worlds work. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. So uh, there you have it, guys. I actually didn't know that. And it's cool information. So Lumo was on Steam beforehand. Yeah. And uh, it, so you guys got a, a partnership with Wired Production, which is an excellent company in my, my, my opinion. They release some very cool stuff. They're very open yeah. with the, uh, the community. And uh, I really like them. So uh, that's very cool. 15 more puzzles, which probably came from the brain of Michelle, right? Because she is, she, yeah, oh, yeah. she is the, the puzzling uh, person, <laughs> puzzling brain of the, of the company. So that is very cool. Um, so, yeah, Wired has been super awesome. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Did a way better job than I did at marketing everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, That's shown by the fact that you had no idea we were out for the first time. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We had a lot of good intentions. Michelle actually recorded a lot of that B-roll over the five years or oh so goodness. of development. So much video stuff. And then I never, I put like a handful of videos out. I'm very happy that you've been enjoying the devlogs and that somebody yeah. can actually see these, like all yeah. this archive footage I made. <laughs> Something that I noticed with the videos is the person, whoever, whoever's playing, is very comfortable with the puzzles. <laughs> like they, they really go through it very quickly. Like, oh my gosh, like they really know how to like, yeah. That's for sure, Matt. He's our, uh, he's been main, my main sort of like developer contact or development contact with Wired. Uh, okay. And he's been doing all the QA work for me. So he and I iterate a lot. And uh, so actually the, the, we added some new achievements and one of them is a speed run achievement to beat the devs. And the devs in this case is actually Matt. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he's even got it down like under, I think he's under an hour now to do the whole thing. Oh, wow. So, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait. And there's I've already... some physics exploits there you can use to get through stuff. I'm sure he's using that. So. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to give it a try. I, I finished the demo three times because, yeah, oh, oh, how excited <laughs> I am. Yeah. And it, it's funny that you talked about achievement because I was going to, that was my next question. We were going to ask if there were any achievements. So uh, that's good to know. Do, can, can we get like a rough estimate, maybe? If, if you're okay to talk about it, but mm -hmm. can we get a rough, rough estimate of, uh, how many achievements there are and maybe like how long does it take to 100 percent the game so 13. yeah there's 13. i just had to like <laughs> that, put uh, that okay. stuff up for fx store so i know exactly how many <laughs> very nice uh, some are it's some are just the general stuff you know we wanted to like encourage people to actually complete it because you know a lot of people don't finish games so the <laughs> yeah. primary set of achievements are um there's like sort of the nine base achievements and then there's i guess there's four that are kind of like pro ones one is going to be the speed run that's going to be pretty tough to beat mm -hmm. and then um there's like one for playing through 
Worldwide. both worlds without dying, which is also going to be a pretty tricky one. Yeah. Um, wow. And then there's, oh, and then another thing that we added for this release is collectibles. So you can go through and collect these like little gold collectibles. And uh, when you collect all of the particular type of collectible, then it unlocks like a little model viewer. So you can like view some of the characters in little isolated rooms and zoom in and out and just like a little bit of stuff to see the artwork. Yeah. I'm so happy that you guys just continued working on the game, even though you already had like completed work. Uh, I'm just happy that like, even if, if, even if there's some people who already played the game, they'll have more stuff to, you know, go ahead and <laughs> exactly. So they'll really enjoy that. Um, so that's all the questions that I had. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead with John, who has some more questions for you guys. Okay. <clears throat> so I have a question kind of in, in the same category as the ones that uh, Guy X was asking you. Uh, for, for Lumo, where did the idea come up for this? Like, how did Lumo's, like, become to be? <laughs> Origin story. <laughs> do that one? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Kyle and I were both programmers and uh, Unreal, they were having a little game jam and we were just like, oh, that'd be fun to do. And so the theme for that was Bump in the Night. And we made a very different game from what it was now, but it was just like a little glowing cube. And when you like hopped, the light it would expand out. And our, uh, that game actually ended up winning the game jam. And then from there we started, we're like, we really enjoyed that idea of like this light expanding and triggering things. And so from there we started prototyping some of our stuff and it slowly morphed into Lumout. <laughs> oh, wow. That yeah. is, that's, that's little awesome. cube to like little squishy thing. Very <laughs> long journey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so now I guess what we'll talk about maybe um, if we can elaborate a little bit on. So there, were, you created a, a custom game engine uh, for the game, our engine. Um, I don't know if, if maybe you can elaborate or, or talk on maybe some of like the challenges that you came across while creating that em the engine and implementing it you know, in the game or maybe even like the reason why you went with your own custom engine as opposed to, you know, using a, another engine that's already, you know, developed or on the mm -hmm. shelf. Yeah, so that was something Art and I were working on <clears throat> as an idea. Uh, actually, when we worked at U of G together, you know, for games. Um, basically we kind of just wanted to that's like what we did in the past mm -hmm. what we were doing on all the AAA stuff i guess we didn't really totally escape AAA. <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah so it was just we had some ideas kicking around and we were having some struggles with unreal certain things we were doing at the time uh with the way we do all the puzzle authoring mm -hmm. it's like a voxel system that we made but authoring those voxels, it was, ah, it would just crash. I mean, long, long and short of it is it would just crash in their sort of physics system. And we had, we were just having a hard time there. Mm. Um, so we just said, you know what, let's like see if some of these ideas we've had, maybe they can turn into something and it'll be, you know, more productive for us. And that took us down for about six months where oh, Arne wow. and I were just, iterating on that 
to get it back up to where we could author the same puzzles that Michelle was authoring in, in Unreal. Dude, nice. Um, and then the iteration to actually get all the rendering done was, you know, incremental over the rest of the project. Um, but the, yeah, I guess the bulk of the work was about six months. Yeah. Wow, wow, that's not too bad, really. Wow, that's interesting. So, as you know, uh, we're a Stadia-centric show and all about Stadia and cloud gaming and whatnot. Um, and we know that uh, Lumo, so was just recently announced uh, that it's going to be coming to Stadia. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you can comment uh, on as far as like the process of, of bringing Lumo to Stadia. Were you involved in any of that or, you know? Part, yes. That's okay. actually uh, Warren. Yeah. Warren did oh. that. So, Our other friend we tricked. Yeah, a friend, <laughs> a, a friend of ours who, who was not in the primary development for Lumote, but definitely has like helped us. Uh, you know, since we signed on with Wired, we we've mm -hmm. had Warren work on a few different things. He helped with uh, some of the Xbox porting as well, and he did the Stadia work. And okay. Stadia has these different features. They were working towards making it as easy as possible to bring new titles on, and that mm -hmm. means not necessarily doing a Linux port, right? Right. So we're using some of their, uh, I forget what, I, I think they just call it like the Stadia porting library. Uh, like the low charge the, porting. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, it, and it uses um, Proton, or not Pro, it does, sorry, it doesn't use Proton. DXVK, Lumo oh, okay. to DX11. Okay, okay, you know? okay. So yeah, the the like emulation, works. I think. Is that the emulation? Yeah. It, okay. It's not so, I guess it's kind of emulation in a way, mm -hmm. but it's really just like a layer that sits on yeah. top of Vulkan mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and just translates this stuff. So they use that. Just, I mean, obviously we know lots of Proton titles or games that use Proton. It's just really good, right? On yeah, PC. yeah, so exactly. That, right. that was the shortest path to getting us working through. Uh, and then Warren, the custom stuff, Warren spent a bunch of time making sure that it like supported the Stadia controller, yeah. you know, cause it's just like, when I say lots of time and supporting, I'm, I'm just talking about the, like the nuances of like, oh, you need to have these button icons and the yeah. controller configuration needs to work like this or. Yeah. So we have like, it's sort of like this weird hybrid. It's part, windows with the porting library and then part mm -hmm. native support for things like stadia controllers <laughs> okay so i guess another question would be and I, again i don't know if if you could talk about it. if not if you that's totally fine um the the idea of bringing lumote to stadia is that this is just something recent or is it been planned for a couple you know like a couple of years like before covid or uh, it was you know? it was recent it wasn't even oh. something that i was uh that i was aware of uh, to be honest mm -hmm. when i saw that there was you know an announcement that stadia was closing down stadia game studios or whatever mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I i wasn't really following stadia at the time i just had mm -hmm. my nose down working on lumo trying to final this thing so right. uh it's just yeah I, I didn't really know what the status of stadia was and it yeah. was a, I believe it was a, something that Wired was uh, 
talking with Google because they wanted to bring like a bunch of their catalog mm -hmm. uh, and just have like a you know a wired bundle I, I, I'm not I'm not really sure all the different stuff there but right. I, I think the goal is to you know they 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 want to work with Google and and have and get some more titles on Stadia oh yeah okay that's good yep. so approximately do you know like how how long the 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 port or the work to bring Lumote to Stadia has taken it's like you know several um, months over the past not year long. or yeah no not maybe. long nice yeah i think it was only maybe like a month part time oh my gosh that's crazy holy mackerel <laughs> yeah it was really quick i mean to be warren is also like an extremely senior senior developer it's just right. like here go ahead. he's too uh, too competent for uh, luminosum yeah. right yeah well he, like, he's like someone that we've been also working with since ufg and we actually still work together at a mm -hmm. like we have real jobs outside of doing the indie thing <laughs> uh, we work for a company called jetpack interactive and oh uh, okay we're doing some work for Sony right now, Sony Santa Monica. Oh, um, okay. I can't really speak for any of the Sony Santa Monica <laughs> yeah, yeah. stuff, yeah, other yeah. than to say we poured it out of war. You know that little name yeah. drop. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we were hoping you wouldn't say that, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so so Warren is like like a top notch programmer. So I mean, nice. it's no surprise that he gets that awesome. fast. Wow. <laughs> so basically like Warren's the man, right? Like you can say, yeah. I need you to do this. And Warren works his magic and waves his wand and does yeah. it all. He That's just, like very quiet and angrily finishes. <laughs> angrily finishes. Yeah. <laughs> you hear, you hear him mut like swearing, but muttering. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't actually swear yeah. very often. You oh, okay. I'm really angry. <laughs> That's cool. He's, oh, that's he's awesome. very, very uh, tempered. <laughs> so go going back to uh, our engine, the custom engine that uh, you created for the game, is like if so if somebody else wanted to use that engine to create a game, w would it be fairly simple for them to do? Or is it something like you've got your custom customized like coding and and things in there that it was you know wouldn't be maybe as easy for someone else just to pick up and and use if you licensed it out it is meant for us to make <laughs> new games. this isn't a excuse me this isn't like a proprietary thing mm -hmm. but it's really just like a tools meant for us to do things efficiently the way we want to do them okay People, if somebody wanted to make a game with it, they could for sure. Mm. Um, it doesn't, it wouldn't be very easy to do it for Stadia probably. Well, it would be about as easy it is to do it for any platform other mm -hmm. than PC. Mm -hmm. The PC or like, yeah, the PC stuff is just a lot easier because it's just a lot more straightforward. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually we like to get there. Arn and I have talked a little bit of open source um mm, okay but uh who who knows who knows I'm just gonna find time <laughs> to do all this stuff <laughs> the summer's coming <laughs> let's be real <laughs> right yeah exactly right oh gosh okay I mean, like, so we talked about, like 
future games too, where it's like, oh, if we were going to do quick like mock like prototypes for them, we'd probably do it in like Unity or Unreal, just because like, yeah, it's so much faster to just like get up and running. But if it kind of like Loom out, if it was something like we really were interested in continuing on, we'd probably mm -hmm. go back into like our engine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say if you just wanted to port something, like if you're trying to make something and it hit a bunch of platforms, mm. I mean, Unreal and Unity, they hit everything. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, you know, like, stay away from our engine. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I'd be happy to have more people yeah. use it, but. I understand, like, it's just that you guys built Lumote around the engine at the same time. And I, 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 I bet, like, Right now, there might be a lot of work around that needs to be done, right, with the engine, just because it's like it, it's still kind of like a work in progress kind of engine. Yeah, and if you think about something like Unity or Unreal, they provide everything, right? There's like a really robust editor, and like an undo system works, <laughs> and, you know. Like it, it runs on a PC and a Mac and Linux and all these things. And it's very consistent. Uh, what we have is it's more like, it's more like a hobby car, you know, like a hit car and it can go really fast and it can do certain things, but like it doesn't have windows. And so, so let me ask you. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. So, like, does it do anything different than the Unreal Engine? Because there must have been a reason why you guys went with the custom engine instead of uh, of that Unreal Engine, right? Yeah, it, it does. It does a lot less, and that allows us to have better performance. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, okay. Not so, less overhead, less bloated, yeah. more specific yeah. towards what your needs exactly. are. And the way we we are solving problem we're solving problems the way we we think about it, and in Unreal, when you're solving problems in the Unreal way or Unity in the Unity way, uh, there's certain restrictions, and there's certain just like overhead, right? Mm. It works this it works this way, and it's robust in this in this way because it takes this much extra time to do something per frame and we don't have that we it or we do have that but we've we balance it differently right we don't have to solve as many general problems i think right. like uh, when you guys were were switching over to the thing that i thought was like kind of funny mm -hmm. uh where it was like specifically about like lighting and there was something with unreal where it was just like you weren't getting the exact lighting that you wanted. So, and it was because uh, something in their libraries was messing you up. And you're like, if I wanted to get like tripped up by code, I want it to be my own code that's screaming over, not something <laughs> else. It's yeah. kind of like, like yeah. this way you know where everything is going. It's like, oh, okay, well, mm -hmm. don't have to dig through all these different like layers to find yeah. out why something's not actually lighting the way right. or doing whatever physics thing. Right. Yeah, and I, I understand right. that because in future games, because it's your own engine, it'll be kind of, well, kind of quicker because because if something is wrong, something's happening, you guys know exactly, you know, oh yeah, this piece of code that I did. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes very much sense. 
Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, and then the last question that I have for you, um, <laughs> anybody on the, the team, uh, Luminosum Games, do you guys use Stadia, play Stadia at all, or don't have the time, really? You're so busy, or just curious? Mm -hmm. I haven't really played Stadia. I haven't played any games. <laughs> I played like Rocket League on the PS5 for yeah. a couple hours. And I think yeah. that was the last thing I played. Okay. Yeah, I haven't really been playing a lot. Yeah. Can, hey, John, can I throw a shameless plug in there? Sure. Uh, sure. If, if you want to get your feet wet with Stadia, we have a uh, Division Two clan, and we're called the Old <laughs> Dirty Blasters. So feel free to join us. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we'll have a great time. All right, just want to get it out there. I'm actually, you know, from someone who's kind of ignorant about streaming games, like, what is it that draws you guys into it? I'm gonna oh. let John answer that one because it's okay. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, so for me, it's it's the simplicity, not having to worry about having a dedicated box or. Yeah. Or a piece of hardware under my TV, I can play, you know, my computer, my tablet, um, or I could play on the TV, the phone as well. Um, not having to worry about storage space. We know, yeah. like with the new consoles and stuff like that, the storage is extremely expensive to upgrade, um, and and just like not worrying, have to worrying again about like updates or you know, it's all seamless on our end. All mm -hmm. we do is. We we launch the app, we pair the controller, and we're in the game and 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 running off. So mm -hmm. to me, like that that's really exciting for me, being able to play on any screen I own without having to worry about the downloads. I purchase the game or I try my trial, I try my demo, and within seconds I'm up and playing. And that's what really excites me. Just not, you know, not having to worry about any of those other uh you know accessories or updates or hardware or things like that the, like technical minutiae just goes away yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and i know some people are like well you don't really own the game and the thing is you never own a game right the end user yeah. license agreement is you're purchasing a license to play the game whether you mm -hmm. have a disc a cartridge a sd card in your hand that's not yours, right? You have that license, right? And same thing like with digital. Oh, well, at least I have it on my hard drive. Well, okay, but you still don't own it, right? So, and there, you know, some people argue, they'll say, well, if you're streaming it, it shouldn't be as much money. So I'm, so I'm saying, okay, the developers put the same amount of work into creating this game. Just because it's something I can't hold in my hand, you're telling me instead of being... We're in Canada here, say for a full price, $79.99 for a game. It should be $59.99 or $39.99. No, you mean, you know, just like you two there, you've put your hard work, your blood, your sweat, your tears, all that work in it. So to me, it's valued at the same, regardless if I have something in my hand to say, yes, I own it, mm -hmm. or if I'm streaming it on my television or tablet or any device. Mm -hmm. So if, that, if I can add to that, if I can add to that quick too, because I know we, we we are very appreciative of their time. I don't want to waste it, but I, I think the biggest one of the biggest things that get overlooked with Stadia is not just uh, just for straight up gaming, but for content creation. Um, that was my goal in using Stadia. Like ah, you know, I'm going to spend ninety nine point nine percent of my time on on the computer. You know what I mean? But as I would buy a new card, 
Um, and that was what, $11,000. And then two months later, it's not up to speed with the next game. You don't have to worry about that with Stadia. And then I don't, you know, and I'm not fighting to try to get 60 frames per second. Stadia works good at a stable frame rate. So all I do is go to stadia.com, click on the game. The game starts. It's not bogging down my resources. And that's what really turned my mind towards using Stadia more and more and more is I would be able to just boot up the game, Borderlands 3, Ghost Recon, and then just go live. And it would, it was just it was like freedom. It was like, you know, that scene from the Titanic where your hands are like sticking out. You know what I mean? It's, it was the best feeling as a gamer that I've had in, in 30 plus years. So that's just another thing to think about is the streaming aspect with Stadia. I know they got this. One thing that I was always really curious about was all the latency, right? You know, with the internet. Mm-hmm. Stadia yeah. actually has a really interesting, this, uh, yeah. they have this really cool feature. Uh, if you're really, really working to optimize your Stadia game, you can actually draw these little like boxes of mm-hmm. priority all over the screen. Oh wow! And okay. so then it will stream different parts of the screen wow. at different oh. rates. So you can have wow. like really, really high speed, like middle of the screen, and mm-hmm. then slow it down as it come goes out, or 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 it will always send new frames for those things but like stuff that on the edge of the screen is like ah oh, whatever it can just wow send yeah. basically spend a smaller image right that's, that's a, like a really one of the really really cool things that was in there that's um, awesome awesome yeah, yeah that is, that's great that's fantastic yeah like especially for like a racing game or something too right you're like well i don't care about the size of the screen and you can adjust them dynamically so like when you're going slow, you could make it bigger, but as you're going faster mm-hmm. and faster and you've got more motion blur on the sides, you could just like, oh, yeah, I don't care about any of this. It's just <laughs> it it, It's nice. very exciting yeah. for people who would like to develop mostly like native, right? Natively for Stadia mm-hmm. or for cloud mm-hmm. gaming. This would be like perfect for uh, spending time with that because I can imagine like porting a game that would mm-hmm. require a lot of time. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not really necessary, right? For, for, for these type mm-hmm. of cool features. So that makes sense. Now, yeah, it kind of ties into another really big feature that's, you know, people are talking about a lot more, especially because of VR, but it's going to improve games in general is this idea of uh, variable rate shading. Yeah. So this nice. idea that you can like choose different play- pieces of the, sp- of the screen. Sorry, yeah. pieces of the screen to like render at a, uh, higher, yeah. like a lower detail. Yeah. Um, oh. But in terms of how your pixel shaders ex- execute. So they can render at a, you know, like four by four instead of Mm -hmm. just like one pixel at a time or whatever. Wow. It's going to be like all all these different soft, like, well, I guess that would be considered a software trick, right? Like to like, Um, like, you know, like back on, like, say, for example, back in the Super Nintendo and the Genesis days, right? Like Genesis didn't have the native scaling. So they had, they come up with a software solution for the scaling and rotation where I just redrawing and redrawing the picture and hyper-focusing, but then like when the Super Nintendo came out, of course, that's built into the hardware, so now you don't have to take those extra resources for draw, you know what I mean? Like, it's just this op- yeah. like you said, the optimization in these like, hyper-focused yeah. areas, yeah. yeah. So to make something better. Is, or variable rate shading is a hardware feature, mm-hmm. but Stadia is, oh. is, it's like, it's Part of DirectX, it's just like a thing that, okay. that needs to be done, or uh, at that level. Uh, the Stadia feature, obviously, though, you—I mean, I have no idea what magic 
they use <laughs> from from our side it's just like here's like a box and the things in this box are more important than the things that are in this other box and then oh, okay. and then it can make it stream quicker and nice. presumably have lower latency that's awesome here that's uh, david p has a question he says any stadia specific features like state share you know like or uh crowd choice or or, or things like that um or you know are you guys thinking of putting some of these features in the future uh i sorry i'm not what what's state share <laughs> uh, we i we just have been struggling to port it we yeah. ported our engine <laughs> from just pc yeah. to xbox yeah. playstation yeah Switch. yeah for sure yeah, no, no, that's fine. And yeah. It's just yeah. State share is basically you you take a screenshot of the game and yeah. it kind of you you can like manipulate data with that screenshot so basically you could i don't know you would like someone to try a specific puzzle you could take a screenshot and then send it to him and then he could click the screenshot and try the same puzzle kind of thing oh, yeah. under, under like the, the same factors or mm -hmm. conditions or, yeah. or things like that yeah yeah, yeah. Or, it freezes that instance and you can send it and share it out to different people with just a click of a link and you can, you know, you, and again, another great creation tool. Like me as a content creator, I can say, all right, yeah. $25 gift card to anybody that can do this part of remote better than I can. You know what I mean? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we don't support that feature if you even, is it something that needs to be supported? That sounds like the kind of thing that it they, would almost do automatically. No, it's, it's, uh, it needs to be supported because, choice. yeah, yeah because, okay. because it's not really as like, it's not really a state save. It's more right. of, it's recording the data that you want it to be recorded yeah, exactly. and then, so it's, it, and then you, you load it oh, what you want to I load see. it. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. No, in terms of right now, no, <laughs> okay. maybe we would add some of those. <laughs> uh, that stuff sounds really cool. That's the okay. next thing yeah, that's cool. yeah. I have my eye on is I actually want to get DLSS in. Oh, I, uh, interesting. Been meaning to like get some of those upscalers because we don't actually even ha we have no anti-aliasing in the game at all, actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, gosh, the, the the sort of contrast in the way the game is, uh, it, you don't really notice it, mm. but uh, it's something that it would be nice to have is a better upscaler oh, yeah. or anti-aliasing yeah. of some sort. Oh, yeah. It's it's still very pretty whatsoever, right? Exactly. Yeah, we're yeah. we're still more than ecstatic to get the game. You know what I mean? So so that brings a question. I, to me, it doesn't matter, but I know there's going to be people out there that ask, "What resolution and frame rate does Lumote run at?" Do you know on Stadia? On Stadia, I'd have to get yeah. back to you, but I okay. think Warren said. Uh, I mean, with Stadia Pro, as far as I know, we're hitting 4K 60. Okay. Oh, All right. Okay. Woo! Okay. 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 I, I, like I said, I, I know some people. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I, that just came up because I know there's lots of people. There's the people in the Stadia community that are dedicated. They have databases of all the games <laughs> and they've got, you know, the frame rates, yes. the resolution, if it supports HDR, all the stuff, because there are those technical people out there that are just really, you know, inquisitive about it. So I thought, you know what, I'll ask just to see, you know, if you know. So that's what's the what's the spec of the Stadia GPU? Uh, it is, uh, let me get that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get that to you in a second here. It's, 
so the, the GPU is a Radeon Pro V340L MX GPU. So it's a server, uh, right. it's a server GPU, yeah. Eight and gig. Yeah. Eight they have gig. two of them, but they're very similar. This is one one of the one have eight gigabyte of RAM. You're like doing the math. Sorry, Radeon <laughs> Pro VC. Radeon Pro V three four zero L. Yeah. MX. MX GPU. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What is this comparable? <laughs> <laughs> probably, I mean, honestly, this thing it probably runs 4K 60. I, 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 well, I mean, that. It, I, I'll have to follow up. Yeah. I can send you guys. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Sure. No, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a general question. It's okay if you. Don't, I mean, regardless, we're gonna have fun with. It. I just thought I would ask because there are a small amount of people out there that are are worried about that or whatever. So it, it's totally fine there. Um, yeah. I think. <laughs> Should rip. It's okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so let me see. There's a couple of questions here. Okay, so before we get to MM2K, Granite was asking, while the game supports both, do you prefer to play with a mouse and keyboard or with a controller? Controller. Definitely controller. Yeah. Contro controller, yeah. nice. nice. Okay. It's much easier to do a lot of like the, especially if you want to like do some of the tricky, like trickier jumps. It's a mm -hmm. lot easier. To, yes. Like, that yeah, way. I find the platforming is much more friendly mm -hmm. okay that's, i really like good. i really like that uh the jump no matter how low you are you're still gonna jump yeah. at the same height oh, uh, you guys jumping. explained that in the vlog and it, it, it was so cool hearing that because i don't know it, it very feel it feels very smooth it, it feels very like it feels like it's supposed to be like that so mm -hmm. i just wanted to say that yeah cool thanks yeah just like little things we wanted to make the platforming fun and challenging but not like crazy precision yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah. These like little. There's so many subtle things that go into the character physics like that. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never noticed if you guys never like wouldn't have talked about it for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So we have a a question in the chat here again. Uh, Raphael saying, "I have a four year old who's excited about the game. Do you know if he can play with a little help from me? Like, would his son be able to play along if Dad's playing?" Oh yeah. Uh, that was, <laughs> that was actually one of the things, um, so while there is like some, like a uh, tricky sort of platforming you can do, uh, the, mm -hmm. mo all of the starting puzzles, like all of world one, you can do without just like hitting the button and it's just like pretty basic. It's more puzzle solving than it is actual platforming. Mm -hmm. It's only if you're like trying to kind of get really fast through them, then that's when it's a little bit more like hand-eye coordination. But mm -hmm. uh, one of the things when we were going on um, to like all the conventions and stuff, we would get people with like the little kids and they'd be playing <laughs> and they'd be like, go away, mom and dad, I can do this. <laughs> that's, little that's... Girl, she was so small. Oh, we were at so the adorable. Indie Mega booth in uh, Seattle and we had a mini booth that year. So you get these like really, really tall stations, right? They're like adult height screens. Mm -hmm. And uh even a little bit above, like the, yeah, I think like eye level, so you like tilt play. it down. And there's like this little girl and she's like, she can, the screens are like old TN panels and you can't even see because it's basically black from that angle. They only have like <laughs> 30 viewing angle. Yeah. So we like had to put her on a little stool and like the difference, she was like, oh, whatever. And then you give her the stool and she gets up on it and her eyes just like light up. <laughs> she's like, oh wow, this looks so much nicer. <laughs> 
don't know. Oh, that's she, awesome. She was definitely only around four. Mm-hmm. There were Comic Comic Con for kids. So oh, yeah. many little kids in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, lots of kids were like just playing it and having a good time. That's and their awesome. parents were just like, we're just going to sit here and watch this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a release for that. Yeah. We should have yeah. been, if we were released November 2019, we would have like. All the little children. All the little children. In Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So I'm just going to scroll through here. Some more comments here. Thank you for bringing this game to life. <laughs> um, you're all really delightful. I'm excited to play your game. Uh, someone asked about achievements. Oh, here. So I can't see says, do you plan to add Qbert or Splatoon style multiplayer mode since the floor can change colors? We did actually talk about a multiplayer mode. Oh man. Honestly, like one of the questions that we didn't we only touched on, but uh we were I, I mean I started on this when I was 31, I'm 38 now. <laughs> Oh, wow. So it's been so, in seven years. I mean, yeah. it would be nice to do that stuff. Like, part of me would love to add multiplayer modes. We talked about, like, uh, co- both cooperative puzzle solving and, like, puzzle races, where you'd, like, uh, when you're solving the puzzle, you could, like, mm-hmm. solve a piece to make progress, like, to make progress. Or you could move a piece and then it could, like, screw up the other person's puzzle that they're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And then they got to go back and undo. All these things are really exciting. But seven years, man, I'm kind of done. <laughs> well, you, you can save those for the sequel, right? Yeah. Lumote 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it, two mote. <laughs> hey, oh, you well, good. Hey, there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. There, you heard it here first, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay, so I think uh, MM2K, if you want to go over and start your questions here, we can then, after you're finished, we can take some more questions from the chat. Awesome. And it just, again, thank you guys so much for coming. Well, not, first and foremost, for even making the effort to bring the game to the platform and, th- and thank Angry yeah. Warren for us as well. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I got to get him a chance. Angry Warren. Tell him we said, girl, thank you. And, um, thank you. Thank you guys so much for sitting with us. And, and, you know, we appreciate you doing that. Um, my first question, I guess, is, is there any chance that we'll get extra Lumo content if the game does well on Stadia? Do we want, like, special Stadia-specific content? Or just more content? It, it could be just for, you know, any even for any consoles, right? Like, if it does well, do you guys like plan Like, overall, on, yeah. Yeah. It's unlikely we would ever do anything that's console, like a platform-specific. Gotcha, okay. Specific. Mm-hmm. If Lumo were successful, maybe we would add some more stuff. Honestly, and it's the- funny because when we, it took us a really long time to fit like launch Lumo for the first time. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. we when we put it out and it didn't. I mean, COVID happened, and then right. nobody. It was like we would we would call it like a a critical success and a financial failure. <laughs> the people who played it love it but really only a handful and yeah. when that was done i was like i'm i've 
made all the puzzles. I'm good. We're finished. Whatever. <laughs> Done and with then it. Wired approached us, and they're like, "Oh, so what do you think about adding some new content?" And it's just like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> <laughs> so I already said I wouldn't make more puzzles, and then I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, I'm a liar that lies, and maybe is <laughs> the answer to this question. The one thing that we had actually wanted to do when we started, even the way the world is designed, you can actually swap the puzzles in, in and out. Mm -hmm. One of the original ideas we had well before Mario Maker came out was Thanks this idea of making it all solvable. Basically, make it user-generated puzzle. Yeah, and, yeah, that'd be cool. And the idea was you could choose any particular puzzle and it just needs to have an entrance and an exit that where's the camera here so like if this <laughs> is the entrance and then this is the exit right mm -hmm. all they need to do is make sure their entrance is is here and exits here and then they could basically build whatever they want and we could populate entirely new worlds of just user-generated wow. puzzles so like 50 new puzzles mm -hmm. give me like the hardest possible game or give me one that's got the best platforming or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if we were to add anything else, I would probably do like an early access, early access and uh, iterate on like a user generated content tool. Yeah. To make cool. puzzles for Lumo. Yeah. Oh, cool. Let somebody else make the content. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Your job is. Yes. <laughs> so on to, I, and I have a series of what I like to call needy questions here. Like, uh, can, you, can you give us some some info here? Um, is there is there talks about what the next game that you guys may be working on would be? And if so, can, can we get a little hint? <laughs> I don't know because like but all three of, like I said this kind of like Kyle R and I were sort of like the core where we first started it all out before we like roped in Reske and Warren where we all kind of have game ideas so we were talking about mm -hmm. doing like a little game grand prototype like seeing what we like best so yeah, yeah we might make three prototypes mm -hmm. like, <laughs> three prototypes three and see who likes the nice. best driven by a different different person mm -hmm. and then just i don't know put them out we could make like a little uh it'd just be like an extra option in the remote there's your new content <laughs> so it's just yeah. like we do sure. we patch loom out and you can just like play these like three other games and then the one there people like the most maybe we make it <laughs> very cool honestly like yeah if you let the people decide which one would be like the best it'd be awesome for sure yeah i wanted to do awesome. like a water racing thing like imagine Pilot Wings meets Wave Race on surfboards. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, in the complete opposite oh. direction. It's a cat. The name is Cat Hoarding Fantasy. <laughs> I love these ideas. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, don't know, I don't know what Arn's thinking of. I'm sure he's got something. 
something penguin themed. <laughs> yeah, almost certainly it's gonna have penguins. As long as the penguins glow in the dark, it's still luminous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it glows in the dark. <laughs> okay. So you guys are still like in a prototyping phase, which is cool. So if you guys do produce another game, it, it, it's, it's a strong likelihood it would it would come to Stadia too, right? Hmm. Yeah, I think we were probably. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why we wouldn't actually have like a state of like a stadia focus from the beginning. Just awesome. treat it like any other platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, streaming, uh, everybody's doing a streaming thing now, too. So, yeah, it, it's yeah. something that we would for sure probably want to focus on. Like I said, it was it, it was it was actually quite recent. Like it was only shortly a maybe a month before the trailer came out, the announced trailer. Yeah um that we were basically finished it like it was really quick just like wow. a few months from the it was just look people looking to to get games into new like just to reach new audiences and yeah. see what the stuff's all about and you know google's obviously interested in getting it as big as big and popular as possible which is great so yeah uh now that I'm more aware, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. I know we, we've we talked with several developers over this past year, you know, did interviews like this with other developers. And, and one of the reoccurring themes that we hear from the developers is how vocal the Stadia community is. Like when they release their games on Stadia, they're they're visible. Like they don't get lost mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the, the catalog of that. So, you know, you're seeing people gush over like, you know, Lumo maybe more on Stadia than you would hear for like Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo or something like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's great. We the, the community is always like very appreciative of anybody who brings their games over to Stadia because we're so passionate, you know. Exactly. And it's not yeah. like we it's not like we don't play on other platforms, right? You know, we've got PlayStations sure. and Nintendos and stuff like that. Just our preferred platform is Stadia. So it's something, you know, we like to see as it's gaining support and you know there's the what sometimes feels like a constant criticism or negative in the media it's nice to see developers still bringing games over hearing news from stadia about making those tools easier you know like in this instance here about a month or so to be able to bring you know your game over so it's not as difficult and we know that they've uh, made like the certification process easier so they're doing things they're still learning um, a learning process. I think pe a lot of people thought coming out the gate, it would be equivalent to like Xbox, Nintendo, whatever, who've been in it for, you know, Xbox themselves, 20 years now, PlayStation, you mm -hmm. know, stuff like that. So there's still that learning curve and they're still in this, even though game streaming has been around now for well over 10 years, what, 10 to 15 years, if not longer, it's still in its infancy, right? You know, because mm -hmm. of the internet speeds the infrastructure the technology and things like that so i think like this is very exciting for a lot of us and we're just very appreciative that you know games that are coming on the platform and and we like to you know i'm sure like when lumote comes out here which i think is still scheduled it's coming out may the 1st instead of the 22nd that's right like I, yeah yeah okay okay and so here is a question here. I don't know if you can answer or not, or mm -hmm. if you know. When it was, uh, the release date was announced, it was, it said 
Um, so let's see. Lumote's coming out for the other for consoles on. I think it's the twenty first of April. It's at twenty first or twenty second, and a little bit later on Stadia. Yep. Then Stadia has a biweekly blog, which they call This Week on Stadia, and we learned that it's coming out May the first as a Stadia Pro game. Mm-hmm. The then the blog was amended. The pro part was removed, but the trailer still shows it as being a Stadia Pro game. To your knowledge, or can you comment, is like Lumo still going to be launched directly into Stadia Pro that, yeah, that you're aware of? That was, yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's it's still okay. all Stadia Pro. I think there's probably just been some funniness there because uh, what, 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 I, we, my understanding we're... is that there's, Stadia has like a two week sliding window of releases for Pro. So the 21st just doesn't. Right. If we release it then, then if you're on Stadia Pro, uh, there there was just something about like confusing it. So they just Mm -hmm. wanted to stand up the release so that it came out with Stadia Pro. It will still be available for non Pro. Right. Yeah. As well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's. yeah, I think it was just to make sure that anybody who's paying for Pro and getting the, uh, they're they're not getting like a, the limited version of it or like the. Right. Uh, gotcha. CD Pro, okay. you get like 4K, but if it's not Pro, then you don't or something, right? Right. That, right. Yeah. yeah. So right. I, I I think that was like, I, it can be made available not on Pro immediately. But mm-hmm. then, if you own Pro, you wouldn't be able to get the yeah. Pro version. Oh, makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they just have some. Uh, maybe it's an additional certification process. Or, mm-hmm. uh, we we're through cert and everything. So yep. Um, okay. I'm not. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I'm That's not great. sure what technical yeah. or marketing mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. Like that, okay. But it, it's just. It's a little weird. Um, sorry, but yeah. no, no, it's <laughs> no, we get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we're we're under the we were theorizing or, or coming up with ideas. That maybe they just announced it being a Stadia Pro game too early because, like you said, mm-hmm. they have that those sliding. Mm-hmm. So we just learned. So this being the first week of April, Friday was April the first. We learned about the what were the Stadia Pro games for April just a week prior. Right. Right. So we knew that. So we're thinking that, you know, somebody got so excited. It's like, yes, Umo's coming May the 1st and it's Stadia Pro. And somebody saw, hey, we're not supposed to say that yet. Take it out. But it's still on the Stadia YouTube page under the trailer coming May 1st Stadia Pro, which is which is awesome. Which because that even what what we like about Stadia Pro is, and I'm sure you as well, it's like it gets, you know, the audience of people that might not necessarily buy the game or even you know would take a look at it but if they've got a stadia pro subscription they just click a button oh here's a new game lumote click play and here you are now you have a whole new you know audience and yeah. of people because I, I i know like at least everyone here on the panel and in the chat as well like because of stadia pro we've played games that we normally wouldn't even take a second look at you know it's mm-hmm. like oh you know i'm not i i'm not really interested in this oh but it's here just click play and go so mm-hmm. it, it's great to see that that lumos is part of stadia pro as well yeah for sure and yeah. like i mean we wanted to run it 4k on as many things as possible <laughs> it's like yeah it's just a a giant screensaver so yeah it, it's it's so satisfying seeing it on like a big screen in 4k nice. awesome. so for sure it, it needs to be on pro 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so last two questions in, in, in a request. Uh, I, I know I'm so needy here as an interviewer. Uh, the, last, the first question is, um, what advice, be, if you guys have a wide spectrum of experience. I mean, and this is so awesome. Um, from AAA to indie and, you know, with the focus on, on indie now. Um, for fellow indie devs and smaller indie devs, what advice do you have for them if they're looking to also put their games on Stadia? Oh. <laughs> I mean, is this in terms of already having a game? Yeah, <laughs> and then they just want to yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chris is just like, how do you make a game that gets on stadium? <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us Warren's number? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you have a friend who's really commission. Maybe he'll do it for free. Like Warren's thing. He oh, just like yeah. he moves to Japan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wants to like live somewhere else. So he's like, maybe Warren can just live in Japan and port game indie games to stadium for people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> Um, advice for indie. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is just to, uh, like I'm a programmer, so it's like, so technical, it's like, just <laughs> think about your Linux target, like your, your Linux version, right? Because using all the porting libraries and stuff, this is kind of like all the Linux gaming guys on the on steam and everything mm -hmm. they're super yeah. stoked when people port their games yeah right we've right. heard about yeah. that absolutely yeah. and like mm -hmm. the linux community and the stadia people like all you stadia guys it's like you have it's really funny because you actually have the same agenda which is like you want yeah. you actually want your games to be ported to linux but <laughs> <laughs> like you don't yeah. really care about all like you like stadia specifically because you don't have to get into the technical minutia whereas right. like the linux guys are like i need it on linux because i care about linux and everything about the technical minutia right mm -hmm. so uh, yeah um, yeah but yeah i mean if you're if you're porting a game from a technical perspective and you and you want to hit stadia just make sure you're you're you you focused on making your linux port work and then stadia is actually just going to come from that because it's a single platform and you don't have to like, you don't have to worry about anything else. It's not like, oh, I need to test on all these different distributions. It's like, well, you just add one more, but then you cover like so many more people. Um, right. I don't, from a, like a creative perspective, don't, don't be ignorant like I am and actually know where all, <laughs> like go and figure out what all the features are other than like, oh, there's this cool streaming thing. like. <laughs> there's actually this this level sharing or not level sharing the state share yeah you gotta at least try your own game on stadia right like when it yeah. comes out i hope that you guys give it give it a try at least yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> it's so just, so uh, kyle yeah um i have a question so um bringing bringing lumote to stadia financially wise did it would would you say just on average? Because obviously you don't have a specific cost. Would you say it, it didn't cost that much more to be able to bring Lumote to Stadia, like a substantial amount? Like it was a reasonable, like for those developers who are saying. Because I know some people will say, "Oh well, if I want to bring it to Stadia, then it's going to cost me 
so many millions of dollars more or hundreds of thousand dollars like based yeah. upon like what what you said you know like it, it really wasn't that hard this game specifically i know every game is different um but you know generally overall would you say like it really wasn't that much like it didn't really cost so uh, i'll give <laughs> if you I, if that makes bite. sense yeah okay <laughs> Most games are made in Unity and Unreal, right? Right. It already works on Stadia. Okay. So, like, Free. we made a custom engine. Yeah, we've yep. got to, like, port it to Linux. We've got to port it to Stadia. There's, like, certain things we've got to... We have technical considerations. But, like, mm -hmm. if you've already made your game and you've made it in Unity and Unreal, you just click the button. Like really, like oh, wow. I shouldn't I shouldn't say that it's that easy, but it's almost mm. that easy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, I don't know. Like for people who, who are saying that type of stuff. Well, that that's great depends. news to know because we we as as a group, we constantly raid and harass people on Twitter. No, I don't want to say harass, but we constantly <laughs> raid and ask people on Twitter, hey, that game looks cool. How about bringing it to Stadia? And the response that we get from indie devs, which spawned that question, thank you so much for answering it, is, you know, oh, well, what does it require? Like, they're taking it back. Like, hold on, I don't want to go through this whole extensive process. And to hear that, that d d there is some simplification to it if they develop it through Unity or Unreal, that, mm -hmm. that could be something that's going to spawn a lot of interest from, you know, other indie devs. So that's, that's great to hear. Yeah, I think a lot of it's just, you know, it's an unknown and yeah. streaming. You know, if you think about the indie space, it's already like uh, these auteurs. And, uh, <laughs> 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 indie the developers are artists and right. they right. have opinions. Right. And right. some of those opinions are technical. I have technical opinions as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. um, also, to be fair, like... When you talk to a lot of indies, most of them, like, it's more art heavy. You know, a lot of indie teams, there's more designers and art mm -hmm. people and writers. Mm -hmm. And then maybe there's like one coder. We're like three coders. Me, <laughs> yeah. Kyle, Arn, and all, all senior. senior. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. we brought in Warren, who's also extremely senior. We're yes. all coders. And then one audio guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, like, I feel like we're at a bit of an advantage when it comes to these sorts of things. It's, yeah, I mean, you still have to go through certification, of course, and Stadia mm -hmm. has requirements about how things get saved and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I mean, even to port our engine, uh, yeah, a month or two part-time and it was done. And then... I think it was like a couple weeks of sort of part-time iteration to get through some of the certification things we hadn't accounted for, mm -hmm. but not a lot of time. I was certainly worth it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, a lot of it's just unknowns. And especially when people get caught off guard, like to, to have the more empathetic response, it's like you go, <laughs> you're, you're, you're having a conversation and you're, somebody's like, like at an indie meetup and you're like, Hey, you're going to bring this to this new platform. And they're just like, Oh my God. 
another my publisher is like they have you know they're they're ripping me off and they don't have any marketing not that wired does that wired's been absolutely amazing yeah. but you know just, yes. like, wired's ripping you off okay i got that noted <laughs> wired is not no yeah. we're so, I feel like <laughs> yeah wired we have a it's been awesome like, yeah the whole mm -hmm. process with those guys has been great, but nice. you know, it, in the indie process, there's lots of this stuff. You always read horror stories about these like little indie publishers and stuff mm. taking advantage of like single person projects or mm -hmm. there's just, it, it can be a lot. It can be really overwhelming expecting another platform, especially when it's something like streaming and everybody's got their like technical pride. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I think it'll come. I, I actually think that, you know, with especially Sony, I think Sony just announced a streaming thing too. Yeah, that combination. Yeah. yeah. I really think that all of this new support that's coming through streaming from the uh, from the competitors is also just going to make Stadia more them. viable too. Right. Yeah. It's because yeah. people are just going to be like, well, we already did it for one. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we we have those conversations too. Like you think when Steam came out for PC and it was all digital, oh, yeah. right? People's yeah. like, "Oh, I hate digital. I hate digital. It's going to be the death of video games." Yeah. Well, you look at PC games now. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent are digital, right? So the the gaming community has now accepted digital as a viable. Uh, means of getting their games, you know, and we see now that there's more digital sales rather than physical sales overall. So I, you know, just like you had mentioned there, I think like, and we're all in agreement here, like that streaming is just going to take time. When you see Xbox with Absolutely. xCloud, Sony with PlayStation yeah. now, Amazon with Amazon Luna in the US and things like that, the more awareness just helps bring the more popularity to it. And, you know, it, it'll probably take another five to 10 years for it to become more mm -hmm. popular now. I know MM2K, like you've done uh, extensive research on it and it's what, like mm -hmm. the cl cloud gaming is what? 2% two, two of- 2% business, yeah. Yeah, 2% of the business. So it's still relatively small. So we're young pioneers here or who are <laughs> energetic and enthusiastic, <laughs> but- uh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's, it's going to take some time to grow. Yeah, yeah. I something like Stadia, especially because you can do all this like networking stuff, and you know the, I don't know, it needs like a killer app, right? Like yep. this this MMO that you can only play on Stadia because yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. it needs the the low latency that you get, mm -hmm. not the low latency between you and the video stream, but the low latency uh, between the computers in the, like in the data center, right? Right, yeah. Uh, stuff like that, like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know what it looks like yet. I, probably won't be us, but <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will do it and, and everyone will just be like, oh, well, of course, this is a thing. Same thing with VR, right? It needs like, right. Uh, Mm -hmm. It needs a something that just sets a sets an example, like completely changes the way we think about gaming on that platform. Yeah, right. And then from there, it's like everybody will start copying it and discovering <laughs> like all the new things that can happen down that path. Right. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet, at least to my knowledge, that has. Right. Yeah. That yeah. hasn't happened yeah. in VR yeah. or Agreed. streaming mm -hmm. yet. Yep. Yep. 
Cool. I think the industry learned uh, in 2013 from Xbox that you can't force innovation on people. You know what I mean? Like they have to accept it or force innovation on gamers, right? Because gamers are unique. They got to be able to accept it. We can, as the business holders, we may see the vision, but they got to feel the vision. And as great as, if you look at behind the scenes of what the DRM on Xbox One was going to present, I mean, you could share your games with up to nine people, a whole bunch of cool stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. Gamers just didn't, they weren't psychologically there yet. And I think they've learned from that. So when you look at all of the cloud gaming projections, even in 2027, 5% of the business, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. going to take time, but it, it, it's, it's, it's an inevitability, but it's going to take time for it to become mainstream. So yeah cool mm-hmm. yep. all right well you guys kind of answered my last question because uh <laughs> i was going to joke around and say uh wired production slipped me twenty dollars to ask this question but <laughs> what's some good things you could say about them but you guys have done that <laughs> you know uh, just and again on the, on the same theme of you know what what's uh, an indie developer should look for in, in a great partner in a, in a publisher and you guys have said a lot of great things with wire productions and, and they're great in the fact that they they've hinted that they want to bring their whole catalog right ninja guy and, mm-hmm. and john they want to bring their whole catalog yeah to yeah you yeah. know to stadia so that's yeah. great yeah because we talked with um what is it a week and a half ago uh keo ken uh, over yeah. the netherlands there they're with wire yeah. production deliver us mm-hmm. the moon and you mm-hmm. know it's the same things where they had released the game then wired you know approached them and they came back and reworked the game and released it and and things like that and we hear nothing but good things about mm-hmm. wired productions and of course you know when they're announcing these games on stadia everyone's like woohoo raising their hands going to their discord partying yeah. you know all this stuff showing that appreciation going the mamba line to the discord yeah that was great <laughs> yeah they just they really they understand what that they need to be an indie publisher and that's different mm-hmm. than normal um, you know, like games just, they get the attention, they get the attention they deserve in the way they need to, you know, like they did that, uh, presentation, um, wired live or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these different games. Luma was in there and we get like our trailer and it gets however much time it gets. And then there was one game in there that was like, you just walk around Italy and you're painting. <laughs> <laughs> and like probably more than that right <laughs> i think i think that was kind of the experience it was wow. like this sort of like you you like learn to paint in the in the title um but they like they just gave that game project so much more time and it just made a lot of sense because the pace is a thing like you need to like really appreciate this thing that's just like one small little thing it just made a lot of sense to me that yeah, you've got all these action games or whatever that you can kind of get the idea, but it it was like paced according to the project. Mm-hmm. And then for us, like Wired, they're so amped. I don't know if anybody, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen it, but we're actually getting like a double vinyl release. Of yes, yes, very cool. Oh, wow. oh my gosh, yes. Awesome. I just I saw that you asked about the merch was your yeah. last question there. Um, yeah. But you know that's like really crazy and this artist they hired to do the artwork is just absolutely phenomenal like nice. i'm just gonna hang this thing on my wall <laughs> <laughs> did, did paul did the mastering of the vinyl or was someone yeah. else did it? okay yeah. oh wow paul, paul mastered okay. for the vinyl he was Very sent cool. some specifications 
and uh, yeah, mastered it for that. Nice. Um, cool stuff. Even like the records are gonna be like crazy, like marble. Yeah, marble patterns in awesome. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Yeah. I need awesome. to get to that. So I, I think I've got one last question, at least for me here. I won't try to keep you too much longer here. Um, seeing as you you have a wide range of experience, both of you on AAA titles and indie titles, we often see people argue or saying, "Oh, but it's an indie game." Having the, that experience of working on both, what would you say to a person who tries to discount, you know, a game that it's not as good as, let's just say, of course, they're on different calibers. Let's just say Lumo and God of War on PC, right? <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to say, oh, well, Lumo is, is, I don't like it. It's an indie game. God of War is AAA. It's so awesome. You know, like, what would you say to somebody that has those types of like feelings that are that negativity towards the indie game that, you know, could maybe kind of like get them to realize. I mean, I guess I, I, in a way, I don't really understand that way of thinking because you wouldn't have that thought process about a movie, right? Like mm -hmm, you have right? Marvel movies, but then you have mm -hmm. uh, like smaller, but like clerks. You know, yeah, right? Exactly. And yeah. What we do in the shadows? Oh yeah, what we do in the shadows? Oh, that's such a delightful yep. movie. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they're obviously they're different experiences, um, right? But you can get a different type of enjoyment from each of them, and it's just like, right. do you want to play, you know, the giant boy game, or do you want to like <laughs> play me, as man? Well, the, um, it's yeah. because, like, in God of War, you're like, boy. Right, I know, right, right, right. I'm just like, yeah, that's boy. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's like you're going to be playing, you know, the big budget movie, multiple hours, obviously mm. more cinematic. If you have more money, you can have, you pay more people to do these sorts of things. Right. But, the and, like, they're going to have, like, you know, that's right. But this is like Lumo mode or any other indie game. It's you're going to get a different tailored experience and maybe it'll be smaller, but mm -hmm. it's, it can like hit you in a, in a different way. Yes. You know? Yep. That's, that's what I was going to say. There's, there's many indie games that I've played that have had a profound impact, whether story-wise or gameplay-wise, that is just a whole unique experience rather than, you know, and again, not saying AAA games like, you know, God of War, Call of Duty and all that stuff aren't any bad, but I've had these really, where they almost feel like an intimate experiences with the indie games that really touch. You can see, you know, the hard work and the, the passion and everything that's been put in there. And mm -hmm. so when I see people say, oh, well, yeah, but, you know, for example, they'll say, oh, well, this year, let's just say Stadia has 20 games out, but 18 of them are indie and only two are AAA. Like they try to use that as like a leverage of saying, well, because it's not AAA, it's not as good as, you know, an indie game. So, you know, it's just interesting to hear your mm -hmm. thoughts on, you know, seeing that, you know, you guys have been on both sides of, of the coin there of AAA and, and indie, you know, just mm -hmm. seeing what you think about uh, that type of rationale. I mean, and it's also kind of obvious that like large AAA games are going to make more money because like 
it's marketing is like a really big right. thing. That's like one of the major things within it. There's so many people making so many really cool, small games, even in like mm -hmm. Vancouver, like mm -hmm. before COVID and everything, we were going to like little indie meetups and Vancouver is actually like a super like indie game developer heavy town. <laughs> so <laughs> like you would go to these little meetup events and everybody would have these super cool ideas and games. Uh, but because you're like one person, you're four people, you're right. doing everything yourself you know you have your if you go on our twitter like our your twitter thing you have like a hundred people <laughs> this is sort of a thing too when we were trying to do our marketing we'd like read the blogs and they're like you should post at least once per day it's like i don't what do i post i feel kind of dumb <laughs> like, it's a good know. example because because like lumut is a perfect example because it went through both ways right of, of advertisement mm -hmm. wired production put a lot more money into the advertisement and see yeah. see where it, where it came like mm -hmm. where it got the game to so it's very nice yeah they know it and like if you see those triple a games i mean they have like in the sky train station here they have like a giant like poster mm -hmm. for um robot arrow game with <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad. Horizon. Horizon. I'm really robot bad. Arrow, like, robot arrow game. Yeah, <laughs> I love that title games. better. better yeah, <laughs> she's good at advertising. <laughs> oh, you, you, you let slip your net the game you guys are working on for Santa Monica's. Yeah, <laughs> robot arrow. Um, oh gosh. Really bad made a comment here about Valheim being huge last year. Mm -hmm. This is like a thing. You know, there are, there are genres you can't get a triple A game. It's like, right. You know, you don't, yeah, you just like, you don't, when was the last time you got Valheim in triple A? You can't, you can't go and make a open-ended game with basically no story where you just like go <laughs> off and make your own adventure, right? You don't get that in triple A. You don't right. get that for like $200 million. You get that because like some people like are scrappy and want to go and make something interesting, right? Yeah. Same thing with Lumo. You know, where's like the AAA Lumo? Closest like, <laughs> <laughs> thing I can think of is probably um, Portal. Right. That's the closest yeah. you've ever seen a 3D puzzle platformer, 3D puzzle platform former that's AAA. What, what do you like, mean? It wasn't AAA. You mean blubby glowy thing game? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. Even like uh, Pikmin, like is Pikmin AAA? I mean, it's a Nintendo. Uh, it? Right, yeah, I don't know. Would you consider it? I don't know. I There's don't a lot of developers I... on that, right? Yeah, but I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment. Like the most innovative, forward-thinking games come without that we gotta have bangs and explode. Come out with come without that Michael Bayish, you know, aesthetic yeah. around it. Blockbuster. You know, what comes with yeah, it's, games. They're blockbuster movies, exactly. Yep. Right. So, yep. You know, it's like saying, well, the only thing out there is blockbuster movies. I guess it's exactly what Michelle said when we opened this question, <laughs> right? Or even think about board games, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you buy like a board game and you play a board game, but mm -hmm. if you just want to play cards, you just play cards. You don't right. like go, oh, well, board yeah. games are obviously better because they do this thing. It's like, well, exactly. No, I, I only need a $3 deck of cards to play the game I'm playing. I don't need a board. Yeah, yeah but it comes with all these pieces and Monopoly comes with us. Yeah, it's money, way better. Little stuff. It's way yeah. better, man. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, so okay. I, I think they, there's a place for all of this stuff, right? Like, why would I don't know why people fight over like fun. It's like <laughs> we, right. we're making toys. We're making like yeah. toys in software form, and people mm. are like, "Oh, this thing is better than that thing." And it's like, why are you getting angry about this, man? <laughs> just <laughs> go have fun. Just go yeah. have fun. Like, it just have fun. It, it, yep. I don't care. Just like. <laughs> Growing you know, up, transforming. Buy my game so I can buy a beer. Lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, all right. I think that that's going to wrap up our interview here. I just want to say a big thank you for both Kyle and Michelle for talking with us here. We Absolutely. originally had. I screwed up the time here. I, I apologize. <laughs> but, no worries. But we, we can had enjoy the sun now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had a fantastic time talking with you and just. Shout out to all our Canadian developers. Um, you guys are so awesome. I know myself, I'm here in Toronto. Uh, MM2K's in, in the U.S., but Ninja Guy, know, you're over in, in, New, in New Brunswick here. All right. the way on the other side, yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, shout out to Kyle to Cambridge. I know you originally... <laughs> oh, yeah? Cambridge, that's, that's where I'm from, too. So Southwood represent. Glenview. Glenview. I feel yeah. so much yeah. Glenview. Oh, really? I, I remember going to South Park for... Our, uh, Southwood, sorry. For uh, a track meet one time. <laughs> yeah. A long time ago, so... Yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's just funny how worlds collide, right? So, totally. Awesome. And uh, again, a big thank you. And thank you, everyone here on the panel. We appreciate it. And we are looking forward to Lumote here just a couple of weeks away. Yes. You can bet that there will be a ton of people talking about it on Stadia, streaming it, <laughs> and, and uh, just having fun with it. Yeah. So I think with that... Sorry, I was just going to throw one yeah, last no, thing no, out. If, anybody's yeah, going, sure. and if anyone's down in Boston, if you guys are going down to Boston for any mega booth, Arn will be down there at the Wired booth uh, oh. showing off Luma. So if anyone's oh, down there, oh, cool, go, cool. Okay. go over and say hi. All right. Awesome. Cool. Alrighty, there's a little crocheted Lumote there. We love Lumote. Oh, I guess maybe one one other question. Do you have any do you have any plans for any Lumote merchandise? I know you've got the crochet the crochet pattern out there. Mm -hmm. We know about the record. Oh yeah. Is there anything else? He he, he answered this one already. He he Oh he, okay. He, yeah, okay. yeah he, he mentioned that it was only the record. For yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah okay, just the record. Okay. Yeah. But if um, you guys want to get John your the website so because oh, i know yeah. they would love to put that up that'd be sure. fantastic yeah yeah awesome cool yeah that would be great yeah the the plushy thing we just didn't do i mean we didn't do merch for a couple reasons one it's obviously just expensive and it's not really mm -hmm. clear whether we can actually even give it all away <laughs> uh, it also just ends up being a lot of junk for people you know they like they take it home and only a few people collect it this way with the little plushy ones, it's like if somebody really wants one, then they can, you know, they, they've they got like an official pattern. And can make their own, yeah. Maybe learn a new skill. And, uh, <laughs> and they probably appreciate it a lot more because like, it's theirs. Yeah, awesome. Cool. All righty. Well, with that, we'll uh, say goodbye. And again, thank you so much, everybody. And, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for having we'll us. See you all. Super thank you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.